Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome into House of Wrestling, everybody. It's me, Nick Hausman. Come on in, take your shoes off, take your hat off, take your coat off, take off literally whatever you want. If you want to go down to your skivvies and come into the House of Wrestling, you are welcome to do that. Come on in, drop your stuff off at the kitchen room table if you brought some snacks, and come on into the living room because sitting here fireside today talking all things professional wrestling is our good new friend, Muscle Man Malcolm. Malcolm, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me here today. Dude, it's an honor to be on this show, man. You're one of the greats. I get to talk to a legend in the industry. I'm with it. A legend in the industry. I don't know yes, if I'd sir. go that far. Please don't I blow that. No, no, don't blow that much smoke unless it's the good stuff. Uh, no. Malcolm, I, it was it a year ago that I met you in Nashville originally? Yeah, it's actually been about a year because like we met at like the Teddy Long uh, podcast, which is like such a random sentence to say, but yeah, <laughs> met over there. Yeah, no, I distinctly remember meeting you. You have such a wonderful aura and energy about you, Malcolm. And I, if if I'm not mistaken here, as I've been, uh, you know, haunting your social medias here, getting ready, you've been on this like year long journey into pro. Like I met you at the start. It sounds like of a pro wrestling journalism odyssey. That you've been on. Am I wrong? Am I right about that? I mean, I feel like I really I got into it during the pandemic, but I feel like this last year has really been like the the big Kickstarter because this is my gap year in between like undergraduate and graduate school. So I've been really like trying to steamroll everywhere, trying to get everywhere that I can. And it's starting to pay itself off now. I mean, I'll see you there as well, but I'm gonna start covering for WWE at SummerSlam. Um, so this is huge for me because I'm only 24. I generally believe, and I mean this in the most respectful way possible. Under the age of 30, I am the best wrestling interviewer out here. I mean that. No disrespect to no one. I love everyone equally, but I am very confident in myself. I generally believe I'm the best under 30 in the wrestling media space. Oh, the 30 under 30. I love it. Malcolm, you're doing a great job. And, like, you talk about your interviews. Uh, the thing that put you back on my radar here and made me want to chat is you did this interview with Jeff Hardy. Yep. Um which was great, and I love that you asked him about CM Punk, right? <laughs> you know, that's, by the way, the key to success in pro wrestling journalism, just ask people about CM Punk. Um, no, it was an appropriate question. Jeff's obviously got a lot of history with Punk. I thought it was a, I thought it was very surprising that he said he was willing to reopen the feud with Punk, considering I thought that there was, like, still bad blood between the Hardys and Punk, but I guess that's no longer the case. Yeah, that's what I thought as well. I was really nervous to ask him that. I was like, I don't want to, like, annoy him because we just had this cool little five-minute conversation before the interview. We were talking about, like, energy drinks and driving from North Carolina. It was really random that we were just telling each other road stories. And then we just started. I'm like, God, I, he's going to hate me for asking this. But he was just the coolest guy ever. I'm like, I don't know what I was worried about. Jeff Hardy's probably, like, five out of five nicest person I've ever met in wrestling so far. Yeah, um, uh, I was I was play I was very pleasantly surprised and happy to see you picking up all the sheets like that, man. Great work, you're doing a good job, Malcolm. Uh, very happy. And now we're gonna find out all about what you think about what you, Malcolm, not Jeff Hardy, not all these other people. We're gonna find out what you think about the world of professional wrestling uh, today here on the show. And if you're watching the show right now in video form, you are watching it on Premier Streaming Network. This is the place to come. Tuesday, Thursday, noon Eastern, twice a week, 
first run right here, Premier Streaming Network, watches in video form before House of Wrestling hits the House of Wrestling podcast feed, where you can go listen to us in audio form uh, later in the day as well. And uh, we got a big show here today. Uh, all the news that we're going to be talking about on the show here, I have written about or will be writing about in some form or fashion over at houseofwrestling.com, H-A-U-S of wrestling.com. You want to get all your news, you want to find your scoops, your exclusives, head over to houseofwrestling.com. And of course, check out the House of Wrestling podcast feed. Just yesterday, I dropped my Inside the Ropes exclusive interview with Kevin Sullivan, talking all about the... I had no idea Kevin Sullivan, the Taskmaster, was such a huge mark for the bloodline. And I mean that in the nicest way. But this guy absolutely eating up everything that the bloodline is doing right now. And it's just cool to hear Kevin Sullivan geek out about how much he loves the bloodline right now. You know, it's such like a random name to be like, be obsessed with like the bloodline story. Like not like there's anything against Kevin Sullivan. Like he's, he was a great like wrestler in his time, but like that's such like a random guy. Like, Oh yeah, this dude loves the bloodline. Like, oh, well, Sullivan, Kevin was so instrumental in booking the NWO back in the day at WCW. So, you know, you you see him, you're like, oh, what a crazy little man, right? But, like, no, that crazy little man is responsible for some really incredible booking. And I think the, the, the I what I enjoyed most about my conversation with him about the bloodline was getting to kind of compare them to the NWO. Because it's really been since the NWO, since you kind of had this faction-like storyline that has been able to hold people's attentions for years at this point, Right. And, like, hearing him talk about why the bloodline is working as opposed to why the NWO did not work, right? Why did the why was the NWO not putting on this quality of content two years into their storyline? You can find that out talking to Kevin Sullivan, you know? So. Yeah, like the bloodline is crazy, especially for, like, like a younger like younger fans like myself. Like, I got into wrestling in 2008, so... For me, this, the bloodline story is like my NWO because we didn't, or maybe like a Bullet Club as well. Like we didn't have factions like DX and NWO and stuff. Like, because for me to go back and watch it, I already knew what happened before I'm watching it. So to watch this bloodline stuff go down the way it does each and every week, it's it's huge. It's fun to watch. And Judgment Day as well. Like it's so much going on. I love it. So that's that's a good question for you, Malcolm, because I am of an age, right? I am of an older age by about no, you're, four, you look young you look by young. about four about fourteen years older than you. <laughs> so when I was coming up in the oh god, I feel old, but I remember the heydays of the Monday Night Wars with WCW and the NWO and Monday Night Raw. Now that is obviously like this treasured period of time for people of my age. When I tell people now, I think we're in a golden age. I think we're in a new boom. I think I, I call it a pro wrestling boom. I think Cody Rhodes called it a golden age. People get really sensitive about that. Oh, how does it compare to the Attitude Era? Oh, it's not like this. Oh, I can't buy a lighter with Finn Balor on it at a 7-Eleven. It's not the same. <laughs> but but you're saying from your perspective, you feel like we are in this boom right now. Yeah? Yeah, for sure. I mean, like like going back and watching the stuff like NWO and Attitude Era and whatnot, like it's all very entertaining. Like I love watching it, but – I already know what happens. Like, I know, like, this character is <laughs> going to win the title. Like, it's not like I'm watching it live. So, for me, like, when I hear, like, comparisons to Attitude there, I'm like, yeah, I understand it. But also, like, I know I'll never understand on level, like, someone that was able to actually watch it week by week and be invested in that story. Like, I already know what happens in seven weeks at the pay-per-view before it happens. I'm like, I'm just trying to see what happened leading up to it. So, I mean, it's definitely a, it was a weird dynamic to go back and watch some stuff. It Sometimes it makes you not want to watch old wrestling uh, you know, you still watch it anyway because you got to learn. 
but <laughs> you gotta watch it, right? Like yeah. this was must view programming for me. Skipping Boy Scout meetings on Monday nights to watch, you know. <laughs> I didn't really think of it as historical research at the time. It was just a way to pass pass the days, pass the hours as a youth. Um <laughs> Well, before we get into the news here today, and we will talk more about the bloodline and some other pro wrestling stuff, I did want to take a moment here uh, to acknowledge, well, first of all, two passings. We, I was, first of all, Adrian Street, uh, who passed away. I've learned more about Adrian Street in the past 24 hours than I probably do in my entire life. Uh, I was, as somebody who is primarily like a WWE kid, WCW, AEW, Adrian was not somebody that was hugely influential in my sphere but going and doing my research here into finding more about adrian street obviously raw last night was dedicated to him real trailblazer obviously huge uh fan base a lot of people that really cared about him want to send our best out to adrian street but the other uh, person who we unfortunately lost yesterday that has ties to the pro wrestling community is paul rubens better known as Wee herman he was 70 years old uh, appeared at wrestlemania 27 with the rock hosted an episode of wwe raw back in november 2010 uh, ha- having talked to people in the past 24 hours uh, that were wrestling people that were friends of Paul's that I didn't even know. I had no idea how big of a fan Paul Rubens was of professional wrestling. Apparently there were a lot of people in the community very, very close to him. I mean, it doesn't come as that big a surprise when you see how cartoony he was as Pee Wee Herman, kind of with that alternative uh, comedy vibe. So uh, I was just very, I was very hurt by this one, obviously, is again, as someone a little bit older than you. I grew up uh, with Pee Wee's Playhouse as part of my childhood, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, all that type stuff. Uh, it was a hard one for me yesterday, Malcolm. I was very sad that, that we lost Paul Rubens. Yeah, same as well. I mean, I, I was never a massive like Pee Wee Herman fan because I just didn't know too much about him. But yeah, I mean, the stuff I go back and watch, I was always entertained. And he definitely had a personality in the wrestling sphere that could have easily transferred over if he wanted to be a valet or a manager at any point, if he wanted to, like he had a personality that was made for like entertainment and you know, it sucks to see him uh, pass on. Yeah. Um, Well, sending our best to Adrian street and Paul Rubens fans, friends, family, everyone included. Um, All right, let's get into it here today. Let's talk about the news. Everybody. We're going to start, we'll get to the bloodline. We'll get to WWE stuff here in just a little bit, but let's start off with a big AEW news item here. This one came from the observer. Uh, newsletter last Friday saying that the prevailing belief is that the elite Kenny Omega, the young bucks and the hangman Adam page are all going to resign with AEW. It's shocking. The E in AEW doesn't look like it's going to be going anywhere. Um, they are expected to get a big money offer. Tony Khan has been dishing out big money offers um, to people like Roosh recently who got an insane money offer. So the story goes, um, and it's all tied to the uh, a- the TV rights renewal deal that is coming up here for AEW. How much money they're going to be getting for their top five cable originals, Deuce in the form of Dynamite and Collision. Um, and it was also noted in the report that um, the post-Blood and Guts promo that Kenny Omega cut, where he said, we've all earned each other's respect here in regard to the Elite and Blackpool Combat Club, as well as a handshake that they all shared there in the ring, was intended to be aired on television, but didn't make it to TV, which is unfortunate because it seems like it kind of wrapped up the nicely the feud for everybody there uh, and would have set the stage for everybody to move on in whatever direction they want to go. So, Malcolm, how do you feel about the, the news that the elite, the prevailing belief, it is not in granite here or anything, but the prevailing belief is that the elite are going to stick around with AEW. Honestly, when I saw that news, I was like, I mean, duh. 
<laughs> what did you expect? I didn't really expect the elite to go to WWE or go to another company, especially not another, not another company, just no one bigger. Um, like it just makes sense. I mean, like it's all elite wrestling. If they went anywhere else, I'd just be really confused by it. I'm like, so what's elite about AEW if the brand elite is literally gone? Um, yeah, it's just not shocking news, but it's also like it's, it's good to hear because I mean they're great talent. Uh, there's a lot of guys that they haven't worked with that I'd love to see more matches with. Like like a Roosh versus a Kenny Omega would be insane in AEW. I don't know if they ever ran that match before, but if not, I would love to see it happen. Uh, there's just a lot of matchups that Kenny Omega and the Bucks still haven't done yet or haven't had long-standing feuds with yet that I would still love to see, so I'm glad they're sticking around. Uh, yeah, I'm happy. Look, uh, I've tweeted it. I've said it. Look, there's something really special going on with Dynamite in Collision right now. Mm-hmm. You know, against all uh, against all odds where it was thought nobody here is going to be able to get along and create a, a working environment. It's crazy to put these people in two different places. The bet seems to have paid off here, right? Like Collision is firing all cylinders. Dynamite is also doing very well. Both shows have very different feels. I keep comparing them to like, uh, WWE over on Collision versus kind of a WCW type vibe yeah. over on Dynamite, right? But most importantly, which one do you like more? Do you like Collision or are you a Dynamite guy? Which one? Uh, I per- I personally prefer Collision a little bit more just because, again, it's... I'm a collider. Yeah, it's, I, I like I like the continuity. What I like yeah. about Collision is they always have one big match or angle that you can mm-hmm. kind of hang your hat on. And then there's uh, other great stuff kind of around it, right? Like this yeah. past week, we had the big tag title match, which was great. Now we know this week we're going to get CM Punk versus Ricky Starks. The, the, for the real world championship, too. That's going to be that's now, now, here's the thing, Malcolm. <laughs> now, you say you're not too surprised to hear these guys are resigning. Yeah. I I will believe it when I see it. I'll put it that way. I want to hear, hear it from the horse's mouth that these people yeah. are all sticking around because – I'm watching Collision, and I'm watching CM Punk, first of all, make this comment about how he's always making towns because that is something that he does and he's proud of. But you know who didn't make a town on Wednesday night? Uh, The Elite. They did not show up on the post-Blood and Guts episode of Dynamite. And I have to feel that was a shot at at the Elite from old CM Punk there. Also, as much as Punk... Loves to say that big black X. Oh, that's my signal. That's my symbol. That's right over the E. It's right over, right the, over e. the E, dude. It's- I loved it. It was so funny. I watched it. I was like, oh, snap. Like, dude, it's-, it's like a magic trick. You know, he's trying to make you look over here. But in reality, the message he's sending is, fuck the yeah. elite. I hate these guys. Imagine if you put it over the A or W. That looks so off-centered. It's like, uh, yeah. it makes sense. Because, like, the E's in the middle. But also, it's like the E's in the middle. You just shouldn't do that. But it's hilarious to me because I don't work there. I don't know these guys. This is fun as hell to watch. And on that, like, as the elite, we're not at Dynamite after Blood and Guts. Uh, Apparently, Colt Cabana was because Colt got tagged in on being the elite this week. And they put square center Colt Cabana in the mix. This is our guy. Color me a little bit skeptical. Color me a little bit jaded. Color me a little bit too informed on the situation, Malcolm. But all does not seem quite well in Denmark quite yet when it comes to the relationship between the elite and punk. And that's why I say I'll believe it when I see it. Because it is one thing to uh, dislike the guy. You got into a fight. They're not fighters. Punk's a fighter. Punk 
you know, went in there and did his thing and everybody's pissed off on the other side. Yeah. It is one thing to lose a fight if, you know, that's how it went down. It is another thing to lose a creative fight. And if Punk and Saturday Night crew goes out and continue to put together a show that people like us and others are saying, that's the better show, right? And that show starts to get better viewership, maybe comparable to Dynamite viewership against all odds on a Saturday night. That's the kind of beating that the I don't think that the psyche of the elite can. I don't know, man. Like, it's look, Cody Rhodes left. He was an EVP. He was an E. He did it. And he went and made a lot of money. And he's a lot more famous now on the other side of it. Right. Yeah. If you're those guys and you're sitting here, you're saying, I don't like the fact that in my own company, I am now playing second fiddle to a guy who repeatedly punched me in the face. I am going to go over to the other side now and hang out with my buddy Cody, who apparently they're all very good friends these days, mm-hmm. and and go make money there, right? Cody himself said it in his documentary. He left AEW over a personal issue. Didn't get into the specifics. I but- want to know what that is, man. Like, the fact that he said it, but, like, won't say what it is. I'm like, come on. Now I'm just interested. There, like, are, two, there are two glaring possible people that it could be that i have to believe one is tony khan cody and tony just didn't see eye to eye on where he was in the company or whatever look and again of all the e's in the aew um the evps cody was the last man left in the creative room with tony khan everybody else got pushed out cody was the last one there whatever that straw that broke the camel's back maybe it was that with cody and tony I have heard, though, that Cody and Tony largely have a pretty good relationship. Cody and Kenny, on the other hand, I have all I've heard did not always see eye to eye um, to a point where it got very, very contentious at points backstage. So I am interested. I over time, uh, those are my two lead. If I'm playing the game of Clue, my two possible suspects in the personal issues department are either Tony Khan or Kenny Omega. And I'm sure we'll find out over time. Yeah, honestly, it sounds like Cody and like Tony's relationship is like two exes that still figure out how to still be friends afterwards. It's like commendable, <laughs> but also like confusing a little. But do you? I, if I, I've said it a couple times on this show, I'm not going to beat a dead horse. But the fact that Tony Khan allowed Cody to use the all-in footage, footage from the show where yeah. those guys l- destroyed another company with Tony Khan's help. Um, now that they've been reintroduced, now that they've been introduced, I should say, to the WWE audience, now that WWE knows who the elite is in context to Cody's story, they've yeah. all just become more valuable to WWE. And in my opinion, only increased the chance they would leap. But we'll see. I, uh, it does look like they'll stay. I've had a lot of people in AEW land say that they're going to stay. I, I agree with Meltzer that the prevailing belief is they'll stay, but it is still just a belief. And I will believe it when I see it. Because, again, I point to the punk comments, the big black X over that E, Cabana back on BTE. This is not a done deal. This still comes across a very tenuous situation to me, Malcolm. Yeah. You should just ask CM Punk that question to see how. Hey, baby. We're about to go to. Hey, we're going to run it back. It's a year to the day. Me, Punk, I'm going to try to sit front row. All in is about a month away. Yeah, or all out is about a all month out, away. Yeah. Let's do it. Bring your muffins. Bring your spindrift. Well, let's have a party. Let's have well, a. Go- 
I went to that muffin place too. I was like, ha, he got yelled at for this. (laughs) Ah, Craziness. (laughs) Um, So uh, on the note of uh, AEW, um, Punk came out, like we said, put the big black X over the, the title, but he also was the first talent on air to mention AEW All In. The formal build to All In now appears to be going on. Punk probably will be defending this real world championship on the show in some fashion, and you will be able to watch it because the Observer first reported this show was going to be a pay-per-view, but then our good friend Brandon Thurston over at WrestleNomics got a hold of somebody from Comcast, was able to get him on the phone, a representative, and that rep confirmed to him, all in, going to be a pay-per-view, going to be in demand. It's going to be streaming on their pay-per-view.com. Uh, service in a bunch of different countries. It'll be $50 here in the States. People will be able to watch All In. And on top of that, Andrade has thrown out a challenge here for All In over on Twitter out of nowhere. You mean With X. A- it's, on, it's on X. It's Oh, I'm sorry. X now. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> Showing my age. <laughs> X. Yeah, it's different. He's heated. Which, mm-hmm. by the way, sounds like a really dirty rap song reference right i just seated i just seated all over your timeline please clean it up so uh yeah over on x andrade seated all over us the idea of doing a flag match against andrade or against uh, malachi black continuing his feud with house of black i think it's a banger idea um first of all putting the yeah. netherlands flag and and the mexican flag in the ring in the uk great idea and i'm happy we're all gonna be able to watch it I'm all for it. I'm an Andrade guy, so let's do it. Let's Dude, do he's it. on he's on fire right now, man. Yeah. That like we talk about collision. Like the fact they just threw out that ladder match. Yeah. Yo, that was crazy. Dude. This dude's so talented. Yo, it was to a year to this day, actually, where Andrade had my favorite wrestling match of all time. Ric Flair's last retirement match. Oh god. Oh, it was so great until he's like sold his chest and looked like he's gonna die then I, I got scared but it was so great Andrade did really well in that match <laughs> so did Jeff Jarrett for what it's worth <laughs> so I don't know that I'd call it the greatest match ever it was a match Rick great. almost died great you know so uh but no Andrade's on fire man the thing I like about that ladder match too and just the way they're pacing collision is is First of all, there was some stakes to it with the the mask and everything. It was, you know, people understand the history of masks and lucha culture. So I think people got that. But if you're just a casual fan who's just like, and who knows who these casual fans are because nobody actually clicks around on the dial. But if you're if you're going up your up and down your old direct TV and you're like, oh, AEW, I'm bored on a Saturday night, and you you jump in to see what's going on and you see this ladder match between you're these like, guys going ham, that's a way to get you to stick around. Yeah, you know. saw a guy like reset like his shoulder. It was crazy. Then Buddy just ran back in the ring, climbed the ladder. I'm like, you, you, sir, are insane. If I even got a paper cut, I'm crying. <laughs> yeah, they were a little bit more than a paper cut there. And look, mm-hmm. uh, Andrade and look, House of Black, so good right now. They didn't. Buddy Murphy didn't lose uh, an ounce of anything in the loss to Andrade. There, everybody came, especially with the whole handcuff gimmick. You know, that yeah. really kind of solidified it as something where it's like out of his control. I love an Andrade and, and House of Black. I'm just loving House of Black, man. The fact that they're in this collision environment right now where Punk really seems to get them and the creative member at Collision really seem to get them and want to let them be them. Mm-hmm. Their presentation. I, I watched the Viking Raiders on Monday Night Raw and it's like WWE wishes they were House of Black, you yeah. know? 
It's, it's very obvious, you know. They're trying their best, but they, the talent is just different, you know. But Andrade and Buddy, oh, my God, they're, they're two of the best wrestlers currently, in my opinion. Like, I, I don't see how it gets better than that. Well, let's move over to some WWE talk. It's not on my list here, but as we're talking about the Viking Raiders, I was uh, upset uh, last night for the first time at this whole uh, whatever Alpha Academy gimmick. Valhalla, Sarah Logan, we'll call her Valhalla. She comes across as such a badass. Like, she looks so cool. I think she needs shoes, bro. Shoes? Fine. Yeah, I don't know. Their whole gimmick looks like they smell bad. Fine. Look, I'm. I don't want to. Do you want to fight somebody who smells bad? I don't want to fight somebody who smells bad. Mm-mm. It's another layer to the old Viking war party or whatever they got going on there. I just thought she came Musk out. It's not a layer. It's just disgusting. <laughs> Onions have layers too, and they smell very, very bad. They're you. the Viking Raiders, the onion of the WWE in many ways. Um, the, <laughs> right. The, I thought Valhalla just looked. She. She so imposing when she came out with that shotgun knee to the face on Maxine and I'm watching her she's doing like the Terry Funk style just brawl just like I'm just gonna beat on you right this isn't gonna (laughs) like and it's a great contrast to what they're trying to do with Maxine she's like the grappler but look I just don't for one moment believe after the first 10 seconds of a fight between Valhalla and Maxine that Maxine deserved to win that fight because Valhalla was beating her so bad so bad. Yeah, it's like the way she won was so dominant too by like just holding her up and then hit her with the, that back suplex. Like it, it was kind of crazy. I was like, it was a good match. Like I was excited to see her win because they're so over right now, man. I mean, like when I went to Raw a few weeks ago in Baltimore, like they were probably just they were cheered just as loudly as like Brock Lesnar or Cody Rhodes. And those guys are big stars. So to see them get cheered like that as well is it means something. Like I'm saying Maxine should beat Rhea for the title now. That's all I'm trying to see. I don't know about that. Well, I mean that. You sure are out of control. I was then Omos will be Divas champion. Okay. You are out. You are out of your mind at this point. I I I just didn't I didn't I thought I thought Valhalla came across looking so strong there. Maybe to her detriment too strong. It just seemed unbelievable to me that Maxine Dupree beat Valhalla and I I don't know what else to say. It was just one of the it was just one of those things. Didn't didn't strike me. Did not enjoy it last night watching Maxine beat Valhalla. I enjoyed. It. I think she, I think Maxine actually is going to beat Roman Reigns for the title. You are a crazy person. I'm not crazy. I mean that. You are out of your mind. Nope. So not going to happen. Nope. Um, but we had some big news. Uh, we had some big news coming out of TMZ Sports uh, yesterday in the world of WWE. Vince McMahon, the executive chairman who was retired for nine months after a series of very uncomfortable allegations, he underwent major spinal surgery to correct an issue in his spine uh, sometime here in the last couple of days. He is recovering. Fightful reports that it lasted for five hours. There's no word, according to TMZ Sports, on his in-ring future, but spoiler alert to TMZ Sports, the man has not been an active in-ring competitor for quite some time outside of whoa, one whoa, match. Whoa. He, wrestled, he wrestled last year. One match. last year, and it was great. He, wow, Malcolm. That was you, my favorite match of the night, bro. You should go watch WCW Uncensored 1996, the, tower, the, the, the triple cage of doom. Uh, if you love that kind of stuff, that's a show for you. Uh, no, no, no. I like Vince McMahon matches because it is the best work to match. Like, Vince, Zack Sabre Jr., same person. They're so good. You are you are 
you are out of control today. No, no I'm kind of just like sucking up for a job. <laughs> oh, oh, that's it. Oh, you want to? Yeah. Okay, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. Vince. Vince is the last. I because I, I had to write up. I had to write up a story about this. So Vince wrestled last year. The last match he had before WrestleMania last year was the 2010 No Holds Barred match against Bret Hitman Hart which included all of the Hart family members coming to the ring and getting in their shot on Vince McMahon. You but know? didn't he also face like CM Punk on a Raw or something? No, I, th- uh, that that been, like, not actually happened. That, that could have been pre-2010, to be yeah, fair. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm yeah. pretty sure. No, I think it was 2012. I went I to like cagematch.com, the official Bible for professional wrestling. Go to cagematch. Type in I'm, Vince McMahon, cagematch. Last listed match. By Vince McMahon, 2010, Bret Hart, WrestleMania, no hold on. It says Mr. McMahon versus CM Punk, Raw, October 8, 2012. What? Yes. Ten years ago. Vince is still jacked. CM Punk is still dead. Yeah. It was 10 years ago. You know, a little over 10. I am looking at cage match right now. I don't care about cage match. I'm on YouTube. Let me find. Did the match actually happen? I mean... Some of it, it might Some have been of a it. it might just been like an angle, honestly. That's probably Vince, Mr. McMahon versus CM Punk. Yes, October 8th, 2012. I'm bringing up a photo gallery here of this match, and I see them, I see them fighting. Yeah, I see Vince McMahon with a kendo stick here. I see Paul Heyman pleading with him. Okay, well, you know what? Maybe I'm wrong about this. Well, wait, Ryback got involved for some reason. Why wouldn't Ryback get involved? He's the greatest wrestler of all time. Jesus Christ, Malcolm. You're not going to get a job if you say things like that. That's that's my buddy. We're friends. You're friends with Ryback? I mean, he follows me on TikTok. He's a crazy individual. Right? (laughs) I would maybe steer clear of Ryback for your own personal well-being. I'll put it that way. If I get free protein powder out of it, you know, it'd be all right. Okay. Well, you are a muscle man, right? I don't want to say that you're down in Florida Championship Wrestling making steroids in a bathtub with a big oar, right? I don't want to say you're doing that. I don't want to say that Ryan Reeves was doing that either, but hey, you know, these are just words that come out of my mouth, right? I don't know. I don't don't know. I'm just saying if he's on free protein powder, I'm going to take it. Bottom line, Vince McMahon has a spine. It was worked on. Yes. And he is now recovering. And the, the big question here is with Vince, the five hours of spinal surgery, first of all, that's super intense. Like I am going through my own spinal issues right now, not needing surgery. I'm still scared shitless that they are doing things with my spine. This yeah. man just went in and had his back ripped open for five hours, and had to poke around and there were some sticks. And, I don't know how long it takes to recover from that. I mean, are you still sending in notes? Are you like, how engaged is Vince McMahon in the process after having his spine ripped up by that? I think that's the big question that people are wondering right now. And we may get answers to that question here at SummerSlam weekend. We'll find yeah, out. He's just going to have to just sit down somewhere and just watch some Netflix and just chill out for like a year. And <laughs> yeah. just heal. No need to tell us what to do on raw. Just breathe. Maybe get some door dash. Relax, Vince. I don't think that anybody should show Vince Squid Game because it would Mm-mm. give him ideas. Mm-mm. No, watch something like Blippy. Blippy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I've never heard of that. You never heard of Blippy? Oh God. Okay. Yeah. It's like it's like Blue's Clues. <laughs> As a 38 year old man, nothing says. I want to check it out. Like it's kind of like Blue's Clues. It's called Bro, Blippy. Blue, okay, I'd watch Blue's Clues tomorrow. It's still fire. I don't yeah. care. I love it. 
God. I've never felt older in my entire life than this conversation right now. I think you're a young guy. I don't know what you're talking about. You're 29 at most. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, Also in the world of WWE, uh, Rey Mysterio was in a match with Santos Escobar on Friday night. Um, He was legitimately injured. Fightful confirmed that. The Observer saying he's fine. He was just knocked silly. I do a little asking around about this because it looked like um, Rey he took this plancha from the outside from Escobar and then bounced his head on, on the, on the, on the ground. Um, I am told that actually that's not the spot where he was severely concussed. Apparently um, Escobar was doing a leap off the top rope and Mysterio caught him at one point. I don't know if this happened right just before the commercial or at the commercial, I have to go back and watch it, but it is when Ray was catching Escobar off the top rope. That's the first time it, and, I think Dave came this morning and said that he actually got knocked silly twice. So, because I watched the fall on the outside and I had somebody tell me that wasn't where he got concussed. It was another part yeah. in the ring. I think that, I think that Meltzer is probably close to the truth. I think he got hit twice in the head. I think he got knocked silly. They called the match very, very scary. And you are obviously somebody very in tune with your body, Malcolm. You are a muscle man. Yes. Um, as you get older, your body changes. It is harder to recover from things. I would think at Ray's age, if he had back-to-back pretty bad concussions in a single match, I don't know how far that sets him back. That's that's something where I sit down and I kind of wonder about what we're doing with a legend with so much value in Ray Mysterio if he's going to get dinged up like that. You know? Yeah, I would put him in some safer matches. Not saying Escobar is not a safe guy. Obviously, he is. But maybe less like high-flying situations. I know that's kind of Ray's thing, but it's okay to calm it down just a little bit. You know? Um yeah, all best to him. I mean, that that's that stinks to hear, especially what he's like almost fifty now. He's yeah, close to it at least. Like, he doesn't have to wrestle. Like, I mean, you could just retire. You're already in the Hall of Fame, bro. Like, it's okay to just stop. Well, and the thing is, it's like I don't really think he was even doing anything that risky, right? He was yeah, catching some... stuff that like doesn't look hurtful that like actually hurts wrestlers, which is like so insane. To see. Well, and I was, you know, because have you? I don't know if you've ever taken a suicide dive where you've had somebody shoot at you from between two ring ropes. I have taken a suicide dive before uh, from Mecha Wolf. Um, it's random. Mr. 450 back in the day. And, you know, it was, it's, you know, I don't want to, I don't know if, whatever, the, the whole mystique is gone. But like when I, when I was taking the suicide dive, I was told, look, dude, I'm going to shoot at you. It's going to look crazy. I'm going to tap you. It's going to slow my momentum and you throw yourself backwards. So when you take a suicide dive like that, you are responsible largely for the fall. And I watched back that dive that Escobar hit Ray with. And, you know, if you're Escobar and you've got this huge amount of respect for Ray Mysterio, you are doing everything in your potential to work as safely as possible. I don't see anything that Escobar did wrong with the suicide dive. And I got to go. I would guess the top rope thing as well, because, again, Ray was responsible for the catch in the fall. The fact that Ray did this on moves that he's probably done thousands of times before. That's the thing that makes me wonder, Yeah, is there, is there a moment to pause here and wonder what's going on with Ray? You don't want to put somebody in harm's way. I know there's a lot you still can do with Ray and things like that, but it just, it made me, it made me pause for a moment when that happened. For sure. I mean, like Escobar is a total professional, obviously he's had so many years in the business. He's such a great worker. And I mean, obviously so is Ray as well. He's a legend. So like, just to see like something like, that he does so consistently be like the cause of like an injury. It's like, it's pretty scary. I and mean, wrestling's scary, man. I tried training once and it hurt. And I'm like, nah, I like my neck. So I'm good. So yeah, 
my advice is anyone that wants to wrestle, don't. Yeah, that's really, really good advice. And as somebody who was just a manager and took too many choke slams, I can tell you uh, it, uh, it it will affect your neck and uh, you'll feel it years, years later. I was uh, just going to say, like, all the bumps hurt. Like, I, I was trained by, like, Khan from Ring of Honor. And, like, if you messed up, you did hundreds of burpees for it. It was it was hard. Nah, they just they just hit hit me as hard as they could. I don't I didn't do any, I didn't do any burpees or anything. I just got fucking beat up. So <laughs> anyway, um, Ronda Rousey, um, and Shayna Baszler are escalating their feud. They're taking it to SummerSlam. Obviously, there's this looming idea that Ronda Rousey has given WWE a hard out date, and we don't know if this could be the end of the road for her for now or for forever in WWE. I guess we'll find out. Um, but. She's going to take on Shayna Baszler in an MMA rules match at SummerSlam. That was made official last night on Raw. I am, I don't know if it'll steal the show, but I'm pretty optimistic on these two. I think they're going to go out and absolutely kill it at SummerSlam. I always thought Ronda Rousey was great. I guess she, I know she gets a lot of hate. I'm personally still a Ronda Rousey fan. So I think this match is going to be cool. I would have loved to see, I would have loved to see the fight actually happen in like the, what's the, Dog, not oh, dog. the lion's den. Lions, no, no fight. Uh, oh, the fight, fight pit. The fight, fight pit. Fight they, pit. They That's renamed the it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fight pit. I would love to see that simulation happen. I kind of thought this we were leading towards, and maybe even brought in like a UFC legend be referee, kind of like how DC was for Rollins and Riddle. Um, I, that's why I thought we were going to. But MMA rules. That's interesting. Like, are they going to take all the ropes off the ring? Is this going to be kind of just a mat, and they're just going to do like an actual MMA fight? Like, I don't know. It could be cool. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I don't think wrestling fans are going to like it because I don't think wrestling fans like to say like, oh, there's so much MMA in wrestling until like they actually get MMA. And then they're like, oh, well, this is boring and slow. And where's the flips? So like, I don't know if people are actually going to like it. But as someone who loves UFC and boxing and whatnot, I think it's going to be dope. They've done such a good – this is the best use they've had of Ronda Rousey. I, 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 I'm not a huge Ronda Rousey fan. Just because uh, I think she, I don't know. You, you, in wrestling, you want to kind of lean into the momentum or the of the of the crowd and the environment you're in. I think Ronda has fought that at various points in her WWE yeah. tenure. She hasn't necessarily wanted to go the direction the companies wanted her to go or the direction that the fans have wanted her to go. And there's been this kind of push pull there. This is an instance right here. If it is the end of the road for her in WWE, I don't think she could have done a better job. She understands how the crowd feels about her in this moment. She's playing into it. She's being the heel we've all wanted to see. She's working with somebody she has a lot of appreciation for that needs this rub. Like yeah. Shayna Baszler needs this win over Ronda Rousey to get to the next level. She has been adrift for a long time. And if Ronda's going to go away and they need another hard, uh, uh, badass, hardcore MMA female, Shayna Baszler is going to be able to fill that void. And I, I just, I'm a big fan of the direction they're going here. I think the crowd is into it. And that's why I think this one has the potential to do very, very well at SummerSlam. Very well-defined babyface heels. People want to see Shayna Baszler beat the shit out of Ronda Rousey in an MMA rules match. And I, I hope they get it. I hope they give the people what they want. And I hope Shayna Baszler walks away looking like a million dollars. She deserves it. I want Ronda to win just to watch like, X or Twitter explode. Just, just for the chaos. Just to see it. <laughs> Yeah, everybody be zeeting all over that, wouldn't they? <laughs> zeet, zeet, zeet. <laughs> That's what they want me to call it, right? Right. I guess. I guess. I don't. You know, social media and their weird trends. I'm gonna zeet all over Elon Musk. I'm gonna make him, make him my zeet. <laughs> Eat my zeet. Anyway, this is really gross. Anyway, Matt Riddle. 
Matt Riddle, speaking of MMA people, yep. man, you know, I'm sitting here last night, I'm working on onboarding a new writer for the site, Macalia, great guy, and we're trying to find news coming out of the show, and we're watching the show, and then Matt Riddle, I don't know where to lose, is clean to Ludwig Kaiser, I'm like, write something about that, right? There is something going on here in the water with Matt Riddle. Now, Meltzer jumped on the Observer this morning, he talked about how, you know, Riddle's outside the rings antics have uh stalled wwe's ability to put any faith in him oh duh yeah i said the same thing like it's not like inside information to yeah. uh to deduce that one there yeah matt riddle can't seem to stop partying really hard um by the way congratulations to him and his, his girlfriend or whatever they're having a baby i know he's seemingly moving into dad territory right now but the guy yeah. cannot the guy cannot keep his powder dry there's always something going on with matt riddle you know I, I love Matt Riddle too, and like you know, when I see this kind of stuff happen with him, it's sometimes it's really disappointing because I'm like, I really love Matt Riddle. I think he's such a great wrestler. Like watching him come up on like Evolve, and I, I watched him in the UFC as well. Like to see like his progression and what he's doing is always like a great career trajectory that he has. But it's just like these moments. I'm like, ah man, that's like I just want you to do well, and like I feel like you're messing it up for yourself in moments. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And and that's the thing is it's you can be your own worst enemy, right? And Matt, he put out this, you know, tweet where he's like, uh, you know, I'm proud to be myself. I'm an individual, you know, can't make another one like Matt Riddle. Great, but it's not good for your bottom line, right? It's not helping you get where you want to get. I, I'd be shocked to if he made more money, if he if he resigns at the company or if they even kept him around at this point. I mean, losing to Ludwig kind of, by the way, Ludwig Kaiser looked like a million bucks coming out of Raw last night. Say, that, that boy clean. Ludwig Kaiser, that, that's the he's a good guy. I like to see him get pushed one day. He's cool. <laughs> Man, you know, like they're doing a really good job of building up these stables, right? Like, yeah. you know, it's not like you're – it used to be kind of like when you were in a stable, you'd have your rock. Maybe you'd have like one guy like a Ron Simmons, but you knew D'Lo yeah. was always taking the pin. You knew Mark <laughs> Henry was going to hit somebody real big, and then maybe yeah. he takes the pin. I like that there's not necessarily like fall guys in WWE factions these days. Everyone well, yeah, Giovanni's a fall guy. That's, that's, eh, yeah. Well, even Gu even Gunther did like an interview a while ago where he's like, ah, I don't know if he's actually in in Imperium, what his status may be these days, right? Yeah, it's kind of odd. I mean, oh, so Louis Kaiser, just to throw this in there, every time I see him, I just think of like Ryan Gosling. Like this dude looks like a megastar and is worth money. <laughs> And I feel like the, that, that company needs to make that dude a star. Like, he just looks like someone you want to put on a poster, bro. Like, I love Ludwig Kaiser. And then you got Samantha Irvin. Like, the way she introduces him, yo, it's fire. His presentation is dope. I want to see him as WB champion, Divas champion, 24-7 champion, hardcore Divas champion. I want to see him win all the belts, bro. I love your enthusiasm. You brought us Samantha Irvin. Can yep. I, I – I want to put over real quick the use of her in the Logan Paul Ricochet opening segment there. Dude, so good. Like, I don't, feel bad for Ricochet because, like, he just isn't a great talker. And Logan Paul is just burning him second by second. And, like, he can't defend himself verbally. And then he tries to fight him. And, obviously, Ricochet's great. And then Logan drops him. Like, no, bro. You already can't speak. And now he's dropping you. Like, it's it's in your front of your fiance. Like, it's so embarrassing, bro. Like, come on. Put this man in an acting class. You got to learn how to talk, bro. Because Logan Paul is really running circles around him. It is embarrassing. Like, I'm watching him. Like, oh. he, like Ricochet represents wrestling. And I'm like, no, bro. You're embarrassing me. This come is on. Cool. 
No. Come on. No. Much like Shayna Baszler, I think Ricochet has never looked better than on the road to SummerSlam. I think that this guy... Oh, no, he's were, getting joked and clowned every dude, second. They were dude. chanting Ricochet. The no, crowd it's just was, because they don't like Logan Paul because of crypto. Great. No, it's not because of Ricochet. Ricochet coming out of this does not look like a star afterwards. Because uh, he's not going to feud with a Logan Paul, so no one's going to care because the dude can't speak to save his life. Uh, like, it, the, it's, a, it's shameful. I, 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 I get the argument that this is putting him in a, a spotlight where his weaknesses are exposed too right? much too much mm, i just dis- i disagree in the too much department i mean you got to take a chance at some point you got to look you got the guy there you got to try to make him a star at some point everybody gets their one shot you either make it or you blow it um i i think that he's making it right now i think that ricochet has never looked better i said it about shane and i'll say it about ricochet i don't think he's ever looked better in wwe i think he's definitely a star in this feud it's just that like he's just getting clowned it is not it's really embarrassing to watch like i i don't know i think ricochet's probably a great guy outside of wrestling but in the ring bro put a mic in your mouth every freaking day so you can learn how to talk it is terrible to watch some people just are but some people speak with their actions ricochet says things with his body that i could never say i mean i get that but why are you in wwe the only do is talk it's a very good point (laughs) it's a promo heavy company i agree with that i agree with that i but if you can't talk you got to find ways to get that heat and i thought using samantha bringing like Watching Ricochet go at Logan Paul after Logan Paul brought up uh, Samantha, yeah. you don't need to cut a dynamic promo. Everybody relates to the, I want to kick the shit out of the guy who referenced my wife or my girlfriend or whatever. Everybody can relate to that. You don't need to cut a promo with that. I just think the booking here has been really smart. I think Ricochet looks better than he's ever looked. What he does on the other side of this, we'll find out. I Ricky do find it. Win. He better if if that if his fiance has to announce the winner of a guy that's been clowning him for weeks before he gets married. Nah, he like they be doing he's gonna win. He win. I don't I don't think he's gonna win. Oh no, it's gonna be so embarrassing. It's so embarrassing to watch this every week. Uh, and again, look, embarrassment. Look, at least you're feeling something, right? I at least feel, I feel like I like I love Logan Paul nowadays because it's so hilarious. He's, he's roasting him. It's terrible. And look, Logan did the honors for Rollins at Mania. I don't see him doing the honors twice in a row. Yeah, no. <laughs> I just don't do it. All right. Um, we're we're at time here for today. I will throw out Kevin Owens. He's got a year and a half left on his contract. He teased he may not keep wrestling. You know, whatever. I believe you'll keep going. He's hotter than hell right now. He's having the time of his life. And, of course, uh, Shawn Michaels brought up on the NXT uh, media call last week. No mercy. Coming back September 30th is going to Bakersfield, California. All right. Well, that's the end of the news show here today. Malcolm. You came on in here. You said a lot of really positive stuff. I don't know if this show is going to get you hired by WWE, but I really enjoyed chatting with you. I really appreciate it, man. You're a legend. I, I, I love talking to everybody, man. I got so much respect for you and everyone in the business right now. So, yeah, I, I can't wait. I can't wait to see what's next for everybody. All right. Well, Malcolm, where do you want to send people to find you, follow you, support you, all those wonderful things? I mean, guys, you can go to my OnlyFans. I'm just kidding. You can go to YouTube. You can go to Instagram. <laughs> YouTube, Instagram, X, uh, TikTok is all Malcolm Muscle or Muscle Man Malcolm. Uh, got a gr- lot of great content, a lot of great interviews, and I'm cute. So you should follow me. Yeah. And I I have a cuteness about me. Um, if you want to go follow me on Twitter as well. All right, sorry. Follow me on X. I'll zeet. I'm going to zeet all over everybody. Zeet, zeet, zeet. You just keep saying From that. the windows <laughs> to the walls. Ah! To the sweat drips down my balls. Oh, zeet, zeet. 
Come on. He's saying it. <laughs> That's what he wants me to call it, right? Elon Musk with his musky zeet. You know, like, that's what he wants me to do. I, I hope everyone zeets himself watching this. Oh, zeet, zeet, goddamn. Anyway. <laughs> All righty. <laughs> oh, man. All right, everybody. That is the end of the show here today. I'm going to be back uh, on Thursday. I'm going to be joined by Jimmy Corderas, former WWE referee. We're going to be talking all things WWE SummerSlam, running down the card, giving our preview and predictions. I'll also have my final Money in the Bank junket interview. It is me. It is Shayna Baszler. Uh, it is wildly uh, no longer topical because a couple hours after recording with her, she turned on Ronda Rousey. So I have it. I'm going to run it, but I don't know that there's anything newsy in it. It's just Shayna Baszler. So come on back. Me, Jimmy, Shayna on Thursday. Uh, Summer Slams this weekend. I'll be there. Malcolm will be there. Check out all our coverage. And of course, if you like the House of Wrestling podcast feed, if you're listening to us there, please go give us a nice review, nice five-star rating, all that stuff. Uh, helps keep us alive on the charts. Okay. That's it. Get your shoes. Get your hat. Grab whatever you want off the living room ca- uh, living room table, dining room table. We got brownies. We got snacks. Give Willow the dog a little scritch on the head. But get on out the door. And remember, you're welcome back anytime. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done.